2: Everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And this is Royal Rumble weekend as the official road to WrestleMania begins. But it's not a Royal Rumble preview show here on That Wrestling Show without a certain somebody making a special introduction.
1: Oh, that wrestling show. Don't you dare be sour. So turn up your volumes and give us the hour. Who's going to win the rumble? It's a mystery like Scooby.
2: <laughs> like Scooby. And, and,
1: and this roster's got more cuts than a Halloween movie. Wow. I acknowledge. I acknowledge Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. She's the man. And on this podcast,
2: I won't mumble half as bad as Vince McMahon. What's going on, guys? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, you know, it, it's been a a while, a long while since... It has you, too long, sir. Yeah, since you've been on. Uh, why don't you give everybody an update on what you've been up to lately? Oh, man, this podcast is going to go about 10 hours
1: long then. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been quite a busy, uh, busy year and a half, I guess. Man, I've got uh, six published books right now. Um, So any of you guys that are fans of murder mysteries, photography storybooks, or poetry, I've got six of those available right now uh, on my Etsy page and on Amazon and all that fun stuff. Um, I just... I've got two films that uh, one has come out on YouTube called Shackles and it's touring the world right now. It's in Paris in Los Angeles and uh, doing all kinds of cool uh, award stuff right now. And another one called Grave Encounters has been finished since COVID, but COVID shut us down for uh, official release. I just got my release date yesterday. It's coming out on March 11th at the Parkway Theater here in Pittsburgh. So if you guys are in the area, come check that out. And uh, my latest film that I just finished shooting back in October is now currently finishing up the edit. So it's going to be picture-locked pretty soon. And uh, so I've got another film coming out around the horizon. And uh, several that I just assistant-directed on are coming out in the next
2: few weeks. So it's been real busy over this way. Wow, fantastic. Fantastic. So do you think the uh, the Academy Awards will be calling you shortly? or? Well, I mean, if WWE doesn't get their Emmy they've been trying to get for
1: the last 20 years, then I guess I'll be second on the list. Because <laughs> I know Kevin Dunn wants the Emmy. I know he's been fighting for that for a while, so I don't want to rob him. I, I want an Emmy,
2: so that way I can impress fans even more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just hear
1: the face you're making as you're doing that impression, and it sounds great.
2: <laughs> well, besides the Royal Rumble, uh, which we are going to preview, there is a lot... Of news to cover and we're just gonna dive into it right now and the first bit of news is well WWE related because earlier this week they pretty much came out with their WrestleMania week schedule and it is a very interesting schedule, and I've actually happened to get a little bit of inside information on a couple of events. So, um, I will read the very short uh, press release from WWE.com, and I'm actually surprised how short this is. This is only three paragraphs, because normally like, it's like five, seven paragraphs, but this time it's only three, so. Uh, it reads... The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Wow, that's how it starts. Is <laughs> Wow. Anyway, all right, let me let me start again. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history is now the most stupendous week in WrestleMania history. As first reported by the Dallas Morning News, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, an unprecedented Superstore access, WWE Hall of Fame induction, and NXT Stand and Deliver will all take place in the Dallas area in the lead-up to the grandest stage of them all. The Showcase of the Immortals is set for April 2nd and 3rd at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, with details for the other week's events to be released at a later date. And then I mentioned to go to follow them social media blah 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 but uh there has been a couple of interesting rumors reports that I've heard about at least two of the uh, two of those events and I'll start with the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony so from what I've heard as of as of this moment and again, things can change. They are going to have the Hall of Fame induction ceremony the night before WrestleMania. And to make it even more interesting, it will it will be happening after SmackDown goes off the air. <laughs> so huh. that so that means, Jason, you and I—we're on the East Coast. SmackDown ends at ten. The Hall of Fame ceremony begins at ten p.m. on the East Coast. And the uh, the Friday Night Wars are in full fledged because that's going to be going against
1: Rampage then. Yeah, it is. So, hmm. So uh, how- you said that it's going to be going on the night before WrestleMania. Is that night one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven of WrestleMania? <laughs> because that sounds stupendous
2: Um, it would be before the first night
1: gotcha gotcha yeah I mean it's I really like the fact that they have this, this grandiose uh, schedule of events but it also kind of always felt to me like they just started doing these night after night events to kind of cancel out some of the uh, shows in the area because this is the biggest weekend of wrestling of the year for the indies as well because mm-hmm. all the indies like uh, back when Evolve used to run Ring of Honor all the time uh, you would get stuff from different places like Progress. All these companies would run in the the market that WrestleMania ran in because they would get the superfluous wrestling audience coming in for other shows, and it just seems like they're they're running all these events to deter the crowds from going to the other indies. To me,
2: well, I mean, um, and I can pull up the WrestleCon schedule because I, I was looking at it the other day. I'm I'm not going to any of these. Uh, For anybody that was curious. Um, What would be going on WrestleCon up against the Hall of Fame would be Impact Wrestling. And Impact's been getting pretty good the last couple of years. So that'll be interesting. And then, at the same time, is Ring of Honor's return with Supercard of Honor. Oh
1: wow, I actually didn't realize that was their their return event. I know they were aiming for March, but I don't know if I don't know if anything's set in stone as far as what they're going to do coming back. Well, they
2: um well, actually I'll mention it now cuz there is another Ring of Honor story that I'm going to bring up in a little bit. They did announce towards the end of last week the main event for the Supercard of Honor, which will be Jonathan Gresham and Bandito to decide who is the ring of honor world champion because bandito missed final battle because of covid he couldn't Mm -hmm. defend it so they stripped him and they're doing this story excuse me of i'm the real champion versus i'm the real champion you never beat me for it so
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I I, I know that Jonathan Gresham and uh, AEW Dark's uh, Baron Black have been doing uh, Terminus Wrestling, their own company, and so I was kind of wondering if that was going to mean the end of Jonathan Gresham and Ring of Honor, because I know they're not having contracted talent anymore, and several talents have turned up recently in in Impact and AEW, so good to see ring of honor back i wonder what it's going to look like I've, I've always been a huge fan i mean 2002 to 2012 is like my era for the best ring of honor being the best company in the world mm-hmm. and uh, i i hope it comes back somewhat similar to, to what it was before it started to get run down with money issues
2: well like i said there there is a piece that we are going to talk about so keep your 2002 to 2012 knowledge in your pocket because we're going to be you're <laughs> going to be using that
1: my pocket is full of Ring of Honor right now. I'm, I got to say, I'm, I'm not a big Impact guy since about 2010, since the whole Hogan Bischoff era, but I do keep up with what's going on. And I've been watching. Um, I've been putting it on my DVR and just watching clips because I've been really enjoying the Ring of Honor stuff in Impact. Mm-hmm. For those that aren't watching, they're doing kind of a mini Ring of Honor invasion with the uh, Honor No More group in Impact, and it's pretty good.
2: Yeah. Now, the other uh interesting development with this WrestleMania week is the NXT show, Stand and Deliver. This is what I have heard. It will take place the day of, day one of WrestleMania. Well, there's not enough wrestling that day, so we're going to need more of <laughs> And it's going to start at noon here on the East Coast, so it would be 11 in the, in the central time zone. So you would get like a two... Two and a half hour NXT show, then you'd get maybe a maybe like an hour, two hours rest, and then the first night of WrestleMania. Oh, oh my god! Oh. So
1: like, here's the thing, man, and I like. I respect the hardcore wrestling fans. I know there is a piece, a niche of wrestling audience out there that wants as much wrestling as you could possibly give them. They could watch it every day of the week, hours and hours a day. I totally respect those that are that hardcore into it. I myself at one time probably would have been the same way, but if nothing else, you're burning out your audience. I mean, it's like, I, this goes without saying, but if you have, you're already going to have two four to five hour WrestleMania shows. Every single one of those four to five hour shows always comes away with the same notes from fans. Now, even fans that love the product. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was some really good matches, but by the end I was so tired. I couldn't follow it. Yeah. So not only is it hurting the fans because it's taking the show down automatically by length alone, but it's also hurting the wrestlers reactions because the main events aren't getting any reactions because the fans are all half asleep because their butts are sore in the chairs. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to add, NXT, so by the time Wrestlemania starts, when the show should be the hottest when it starts, they've already seen 4 Hours of Wrestling
2: Yeah. so it'll be very interesting to see how they do this again, things can change it's 2 plus months from now but um, that was what I heard earlier in the week and I I think WWE's kind of going for one of my You know, one of my life phrases that I kind of follow by, they're kind of going in the reverse of it. They're going for quantity over quality when it should be quality over quantity. Right. I mean it's
1: again like you could have the best movie script in the world and it, and it could be have the best actors and the best lighting and it could be amazing but if it's going to be 7 hours like by the end you're not going to care who wins and loses. It yep. anyway, anything in the world comes at a risk of
2: oversaturation and this is the definition of it. Absolutely. Cuz the the only thing I could think of um to kind of wrap up this first story is when New Japan first did uh the two-night wrestle kingdom a few years ago, and uh my friend Fro and I, we you know, we talked about it, and we absolutely loved the first night. But by the second night, and, and I didn't wake up at two in the morning for it, so don't don't worry about that. Um I just was I couldn't get into it. And then last year, I don't know what changed, but they did the two-night show a whole lot better. So, you know, maybe WWE might still have to figure out how to do this. I, I really don't know. I just, and I've gotten a lot of heat in the past
1: for saying this because it sounds like I'm crapping on the product, but what I, what, I, what I say the best way to do it is to truncate it into, in my opinion, WrestleMania. Okay, it's the biggest event of the year, it's the biggest matches. That's wonderful. Give us a four hour. 10-match card. Give us your best 10 matches over your th- your two brands or three brands, whatever you want to do with NXT. Mm-hmm. Give us a 10-match four-hour card that's like your super card and spend your time on, on your subsequent Raw and SmackDowns to hype up these 10 feuds. And I understand you want to get everyone a payday and that's really nice. Everybody wants to get on WrestleMania and get their moment, and that's wonderful. But if you're not going to focus on those guys all year long, why are you trying to force-feed them into matches in front of a crowd that's not going to be into their feud because they got no focus all year yeah why why don't you take your focus and really dial down your tv and give us the 10 best feuds across your brands and give us your 10 biggest star matches so the wrestlemania feels like oh wow that was four hours but it seemed to go by like an hour and a half because we were excited for every single one of the matches they're just putting 16 matches out there and no one's pushed all year until mania season and then all of a sudden you got all these matches nobody cares about
2: and something to kind of add on to what you said and it, it, this is kind of relevant what i'm going to mention here um cuz i've seen posts where people are like you know they've talked about the intercontinental title and how it's not being defended well shinsuke right now has a so, something wrong with his hand do you know the last time it was defended on a pay-per-view uh well I know the last time that it was relevant and that was when Shawn
1: Michaels had it in ninety-five, but <laughs> Okay, yeah. we're not going
2: that far back.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, I um I don't watch the week to week uh product. I watch the one minute clips on YouTube because to me they're both kind of watered down right now. Okay. Uh so go ahead and tell the
2: audience. The last time the Intercontinental title was defended on pay-per-view was night two of WrestleMania last year. Wow, talk about consistency. It has not been defended on pay-per-view since.
1: And and that's what I mean. Like, the Intercontinental title, especially when you put the world title on part-timers, right now, of course, you have it on on full-time guys. Well, Reigns is in and out, but... I mean, I'm sorry, Brock's in and out, but... My thing is like the intercontinental title, especially that one in particular, you know, the lineage of how important it was for that to be the workman's Mm -hmm. title. that was your Bret Hart Shawn Michaels. I don't want to keep dating myself and old man yells at cloud, but the intercontinental title was always the pure man's title. What's stopping you from putting that title on a Cesaro or a Chad Gable and letting them run on pay-per-view once a month, opening the show or being the second to last on the show and making that a really important title. So that whenever times come, whenever you have someone like a Brock Lesnar or someone else who's part-time that has the main title, you have the ability to defend that IC belt and make it mean something or more importantly, combine your world titles at WrestleMania. If they do the rumble thing, right, we'll get to that. But Combine your titles at Mania, have one world champion float, so whenever he's defending his belt on Raw, the SmackDown Intercontinental title means more. Or he's defending his belt on SmackDown, the Raw US title becomes your main title. You can get away with that and sell more tickets on house shows.
2: Yep, absolutely. That's just my take. Yeah. Okay, so now to Ring of Honor. And this is pretty exciting news for someone who is a diehard Ring of Honor fan. It was announced this week that Ring of Honor is establishing the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Uh, I'll read off their website real quick. To coincide with Ring of Honor's 20th anniversary, the company is proud to announce the establishment of the ROH Hall of Fame. Since its inception, ROH has created excellence in professional wrestling by giving the best wrestlers on the planet a platform to showcase their talent. Now, ROH will honor the outstanding athletes who have contributed greatly to making it one of the most influential pro wrestling promotions in the industry. The first inductee in the inaugural Hall of Fame class will be revealed this Monday. Subsequent inductees will be announced on February 7th, 14th, and 21st. Also, each episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling in February will be devoted to a Hall of Fame inductee and there will be weekly YouTube specials on the inductees. Well, for... I think that's absolutely genius. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you no, were. I was gonna joke. And
2: I was gonna joke and say, well, at least there won't be a celebrity inducted this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing, man.
1: Ring of Honor. That's very smart. I was wondering what they were gonna do because they still have the the deal with Sinclair, so they have a lot of TV time to fill until they return. And uh, the last couple of weeks, they've been doing kind of uh, pseudo documentaries that, that mm-hmm. are pretty decent, but they're uh, they're not going to catch a lot of uh, casual wrestling fans' attention. Right. These kind of things will, because those of you guys that don't know Ring of Honor that well, they have been they were the pre NXT before NXT. They were the breeding ground for a lot of uh, WWE and, of course, now AEW's biggest stars to cut their teeth. So it's going to uh, get a lot of other wrestling fans to notice them, and it's going to use that TV time to really. Get uh, get the fans of Ring of Honor kind of back into it. I'm very excited about that. That's really cool to hear.
2: I'm gonna be very interested to see who ends up in that first class because there's so many deserving people that you know you could say would be like first class. Like CM Punk would probably be a first class. Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, Loki, you know, we could come up with at least a dozen names or so and you could have a legit case for each one being the one of the people that should be in, you know, in that first class of the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, right now is the best time for it because all those guys are currently available. I mean, AEW is allowing themselves to the kind of forbidden door or whatever, and not a lot of those guys are signed to Vince anymore. So pretty much everyone you said is is available to be in that first class. I mean, mm-hmm. the first guy I thought of was a certain Samoan named Joe. Uh, but also, I mean, Homicide, Takeshi Morishima. I mean, you could, you could go on and on. I mean, John Walters is, is back there right now. Steve Carino. Uh, there's, there's so many guys, Chris Daniels is out there right now. So you've got all these guys that that were, that were formulated from that 2002 on, and they're all available to do this right now. They just did ring of honor, had a bunch of special messages on final battle from a a few of those select people that are free agents now, or that are in AEW now. And so, uh, this is a a good time for it.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that there will be people, you know, when the announcements are made that You know, one of them will probably, not one, but there will be some that will complain like, oh, I don't know if this person should get it or if that person should get it. But it's still an honor. I mean, like the past few weeks, uh, you know, I've been talking about the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame that GCW helped put together and they had their first class, like their first ceremony uh, last week. And that was a terrific class. Like, if you follow, like, the indies, Mm -hmm. you know, it was Homicide, Jerry Lynn, um, Lufisto, Tracy Smothers, Dave Prazak, Ruckus. That was a good group for, you know, the Mm independents. You know? And maybe that's a way to get people, new fans, into the independent scene. And maybe this is a way to get like you said to get new fans in the ring of honor is with this hall of fame.
1: Yeah. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but off the top of your head, could you think of, say if they had five people,
2: could you pick your first five for the first class? Oh, I would say punk Danielson Joe. I'd say the Briscoes just because of the loyalty. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I I would pick him only because of what he did in the very beginning. I would say low key.
1: Yeah, that that's a really good class. I was I'm I'm right with you on that. My first thought was just somebody who I think is really underappreciated, who's still actually doing good work in 2022. Amazing red.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. Yeah.
1: Because in the early days of Ring of Honor, he was running around uh, with the tag titles with AJ and the stuff they did with the Briscoes and the stuff that uh, Red did with London and and, uh, AJ was just, just so
2: good. If he hadn't gotten injured as much, he would have been a huge star, I think.
1: Like he, he was on pace. He was on pace in TNA to be like the next Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Like his style was so like that young underdog. Like And he had he had no mask on, so he had the facial expressions. Mm-hmm. He was blowing mm-hmm. up everywhere. Even even in MLW, he was doing the uh, uh, Fuego Guerrero gimmick. Yeah. And it just like he, he had a lot of good stuff going on and just the injuries took him out. And it's a shame because that guy is so talented.
2: Yeah, he really was. So we'll be keeping our eye out for the next four weeks to see what the first class is. Should be interesting to hear who it ends up being. Okay. This next story kind of took my interest because of the scenario that is going to happen. Um one of the things that I will admit here and Jason, I'm kind of thinking you might be on the same boat with me with what I'm about to say. I don't watch a lot of Lucha Libre. You want
1: me... Yes, yes, I... Yeah, so my thing with Lucha... So, I... I really enjoyed Lucha Libre kind of in, in the mid-90s when New Japan was doing all the stuff with the guys like Eddie and, and, and stuff like that, Bucanero mm-hmm. and Guerrero, stuff like that, Mystico uh, before he got signed to Sin Cara and all that. I really enjoyed it in that time period. And when Lucha Underground was around, that was like anyone that knows me knows I was a big Lucha Underground guy because it was so different yeah. and because that was a place where the Lucha guys could all do their, their spot work and it would still make sense inside the characters in the world there lucha underground kind of kind of created this marvel universe meets wrestling and it was really mm-hmm. different uh now i think lucha libre doesn't translate quite as well to the states for me there's so much there's so many luchadors in all the companies now that it kind of all blends together so i'm not as big on the current lucha libre
2: right well i mean the, i mean the two that i know of are promotions there are cmll and AAA. those are like The two big ones like they are the WWE and AEW in Mexico.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Really?
2: So, the reason I bring this up is because earlier this week, AAA had a press conference about their upcoming 30th anniversary. And I, I was surprised that it's 30 years of AAA wrestling. I was kind of surprised. One of the things they announced was an eight man tournament but here's what makes this tournament unique is the losers of the matches advance in the tournament not the winners so if you win your match you're out of the tournament uh just like an edition of raw what is this (laughs) now stay with me on this okay the person who ends up ultimately losing the final match of the tournament loses their mask. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's steeped in that
1: triple a tradition. Uh, Mm -hmm. we've heard about a lot of classic stuff, which WCW then kind of took over later on when they wanted the cruiserweights to have more personality. Mm -hmm. They did a lot of that stuff with who and guys like that. Uh, so definitely interesting. Um, but I don't so I guess it makes sense that you want to win so that you lose so that you don't lose your mask Exactly Exactly Interesting it's it's a, it's a weird piece of psychology that can be kind of hard to follow but if you already follow AAA you'll kind of understand the significance of it
2: And this is going to be a long tournament So the tournament this is what I think is I think this is how it's happening. The first round of this tournament is going to be April the 30th. The semi-finals is June 18th. The final match where the where the person ultimately is going to lose their mask is October the 15th. And there are some big names in this, and some of them, when I say it, you're probably going to think, "Well, that person's not going to lose their mask." Uh Ultimo Guerrero or Ultimo Dragon is in this. Pentagon Junior or El Penta, you know, Penta Zero Mieda from AEW is in this. La Park, the original La Parka, is in it. Blue Demon Junior is in this. Psycho Clown, who's one of their big stars, is in this. Canick, who is this old legendary Mexican wrestler, is in this. Rayo de Jalisco Jr., don't know who that is, and Villano Four are the people that are in it. Wow, so that's there's some lineage there. I mean, there's a lot of
1: names we recognize from, like I said, Nitro and stuff from back in the day. Uh, the only one I didn't recognize was the one that you said you didn't recognize either. Right. Uh, so maybe he loses. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Yeah. Because like when I saw the list, and and we're not doing picks on this, believe me, we're just not going to do them. Like I was looking at it and I'm like, okay, Dragon is not losing his mask. Penta is sure not going to lose his mask. Uh, L.A. Park's not going to lose it. I don't think Blue Demon will lose it. Psycho Clown, I don't think, will lose it. And the very old wrestler, I don't think, will lose it. So, it's probably either going to be the guy that we never heard of or Villano4. That's... I guess. And- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pitch here because to me,
1: again, going back to Lucha Underground and how I was so enamored with it, my favorite two guys in Lucha Underground were uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Yeah. I just really enjoyed the stuff that um, Pentagon did with Vampiro and the whole Master uh, and the dungeon and stuff like that and the stuff that Phoenix did with uh, Katrina and Neil Muertes. And uh, I... Personally, what I would like to see happen again, I'm not steeped in the current traditions of triple a as much as I was before, mm-hmm. but what I would like to see personally is I know it's contractually probably not likely because of the contract with Tony Khan, but Pentagon to be the one to lose the mask because mm-hmm. right now he feels very one dimensional with the Sarah Miedo and just the finger pointing and the, and the slow glove thing he does. It's very kind of one dimensional when it happens every match. So that's kind of lost its special traits. He's got a lot of talent, and the character's got a lot of possibilities for the Dark Pentagon we saw before. Yeah. He was literally a one-time called Pentagon Dark by A, yeah. So maybe if we could get the mask off Pentagon, if Tony Khan would allow, because right now Phoenix is hurt and he's going to be out for a while, um, I think that Pentagon, turning heel and going back to the arm-snapping evil Pentagon would be a nice change of pace and could really do some things for his character in AEW.
2: Well, I mean... It's not out of the realm of possibility, plus, you know, we we said this is a tournament, so there are going to be people that lose at least one match. So, if, you know, let's say Pentagon loses a match, it's not the end of the world, and people aren't going to be like, oh my god, he's going to lose the mask, he's going to lose the mask. Because, like you said, I don't think Tony Khan's going to let that happen, (laughs) and I don't think AAA would let that happen either, so... But, who knows? You know, I mean, in this weird world that we live in right now of wrestling, where the forbidden door has been open, I mean, it's possible, but I really wouldn't put a lot of money on it.
1: Yeah, I can totally agree. I, uh, I I don't see a stateside company like AEW who's presenting Pentagon right now, especially being a singles wrestler at the moment. I don't see that happening either. It's just, in my opinion, would be a nice way to freshen up Pentagon and the rage of him losing his mask and being humiliated from AAA would, would cause him to go a little crazy and kind of revert back to that darker, deeper character than he currently has.
2: Yeah, very true. Okay, so um, our next story... Uh, We have another big event that's happening this weekend, besides the Royal Rumble, kind of going back to the independents, and it is the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. Pro Wrestling Guerrilla has done this tournament since 2005, with a few years, you know, here and there not happening. Um, This is one of the biggest independent tournaments of the year. And one of the people that was going to be in it, keyword was was Jonathan Gresham, the current Ring of Honor champion. Well, he unfortunately announced today on Twitter that he recently caught COVID, missed the big GCW show in New York, and therefore is still positive and is now not going to compete in the tournament, which is two days. He was, I'm looking at the list here, uh, he was supposed to face Davy Richards in the first round, but um, good call. Obviously, I don't think we're going to say anything bad about that except smart call by Jonathan. Uh, you want to get yourself healthy. You don't want to risk anybody else getting sick.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's at the end of the day. It, it, it's always smart to report those things and just be as careful as possible. We're, we're in a pretty dangerous world these days. And so uh, be, best wishes to Jonathan and getting healthy
2: mm-hmm so um don't know who the replacement is going to be if there will be a replacement um you'll just have to stay tuned to you know social media and you know your wrestling news sites to find out what you know any updates are that are going to happen so and and that's usually like real quick the battle of los angeles that's usually one of the big tournaments of the year and that's kinda had a good reputation as far as if you win the tournament, you end up becoming a very successful wrestler. Um the first name that comes off you know, off the top of my head is Davey Richards, who won that I think in like two thousand six, and then he ends up being for a good period of time, one of the big stars. In wrestling?
1: Yeah, PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles came out around the time that uh, the two tournaments that I kind of grew up with in in my love for the Indies were the uh, Ted Petty Invitational from IWA Mm -hmm. Mid South and also the uh, Best of the Best in CZW, the Cruiserweight Tournament. And uh, those are my two big ones. And then Battle of Los Angeles came out around that same time. And uh, yeah, it was just always fun to see how many dream matches you could get because the first round they would always try and pair up like, like-minded like people. So you would get things like Davy and Gresham because they're both similar styles. And then you would kind of cheer to see who would go on and kind of who would get the dream match in the second round and third round and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, Battle of Los Angeles was always one of those ones you look forward to seeing the brackets every year and who would surprise you.
2: Yeah. Um I'm going to read off the list of winners just to show you how or to our listeners how big this tournament really is. So the inaugural winner was Chris Bosch, not the basketball player for those that want to say the basketball player did but <laughs> nice. Um then from there, Davey Richards, like I mentioned, Shima, Lowkey, Kenny Omega, Joey Ryan El Generico, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Ricochet, who is the only one to have won it twice, Zack Sabre Jr., Marty Scurll, Jeff Cobb, and Bandito.
1: Those are some pretty uh, decent names. I've heard of a couple of those guys before.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> those are pretty good names right there. <laughs> yeah. So it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens with that tournament. I'll I'll keep my eye on it over the weekend. All right, one final piece of news and then we're going to get to the Royal Rumble and this is WWE related because WWE made a deal with Disney in Indonesia. <laughs> uh it was reported yesterday that WWE and Disney made a deal that WWE programming will start to air in Indonesia on Disney Plus Star, which, according to Mike Johnson, is the international version of Disney Plus, incorporating more adult content that, in the States, would be migrated over to Hulu. Um, So, with that deal, big deal, little deal, no deal at all? Uh,
1: I would say little deal, just because it, it opens a bridge. Um... We're talking about the forbidden door, but this might be a forbidden door to a deal that might be happening in the next five years. You know, Obviously, we've talked about all the stuff with Triple H kind of getting pushed out and Nick Khan kind of being the wheeler and dealer right now and all the roster cuts, and you have to think that in some way, Nick Khan was brought in and the roster was cut down the way it was and the profits are maximized the way they are to eventually make some kind of sale deal. And when you think about a sale deal, who would have the money and the capital and the interest to buy a company as big as WWE Disney comes to mind. So right now it's no, no big deal, but it could be a gateway to the future.
2: Yep. And if it does happen in a few years, Mickey mouse will win the 24 seven title, take it to the bank. (laughs) I just want to see goofy against Brock Lesnar. Oh man. Well, I mean, we already got Seamus and Beaker, so, you know, we're kind of <laughs> heading in the right direction there. Yeah, the uh, the, the uh,
1: 2027 Rumble is going to have a lot of Disney characters, and I can't wait to predict that one for
2: you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, now we're going to get to the Royal Rumble. And... Uh,
0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: For those of you that are listening for the very first time, welcome. Um, what we do really with the big, really we only do this with the big shows. Uh, not Paul White because he's no more BS. <laughs> is we take a look at each of the matches and we're going to make our picks for who's going to win. And then we're going to get to the Royal Rumble. We're going to save the Rumble to the end. Because if you're a fan, the Rumble is like the one match you look forward to the most every year. Doesn't matter how good, how bad it is. It's the Rumble. Like, I, real quick, I tried to show my nephews um, the 92 Rumble earlier this week. And my youngest one, if he's listening... Hi, Alex. Uh, He was, you know, I tried to show him a few minutes and he was like, do they have pianos falling on them? No. Do they have TNT putting their butts and blowing up? No. This is dumb. This is a bunch of people in underwear fighting. Okay, kid. Okay, kid. (laughs) I
1: guess he's not going to be watching the uh, Disney sale anytime soon.
2: No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. Okay, so how we're going to do this is we will do the one match that is not a title match first, then the title matches, then the Rumble. So let's start with the one match that is not a title match, but it's a mixed tag match. Edge and Beth Phoenix against The Miz and Maurice. Yeah, so
1: I feel like, you know, the Miz, the Miz is kind of like a whack-a-mole. He pops up once in a while, he's around for a while, then he goes away, then he comes back. He's kind of been in and out of their their conscious for a while. It's He's been inconsistently kind of done a disservice too because when he does get pushed... He is a lot of the things you you look forward to. He's he's got a big personality for better or worse. As a heel, he works a lot better. He's got a good ring presence to, to kind of incite the fans. He's got good mic skills. He's a decent enough technician in the ring. He's just a really solid performer. But much like Dolph Ziggler, he's kind of been pushed to the background for so long that you really don't care as much about him anymore. So while this is kind of a marquee match in the return of Beth Phoenix, and obviously Edge has a lot of equity left to his name. It kind of feels like it's being a bit wasted on the Miz, which is a shame because the guy is talented. He's just not pushed considerably enough to, to feel like anything serious. So while I'm sure the match is going to be decent, I'm not terribly excited for it. Um, my prediction is that Edge and Beth Phoenix win. I think Edge is uh, tailored for a much bigger Mania match this year.
2: All right. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of this rivalry, and it has nothing to do with either guy. Like, I got nothing against Edge, I've got nothing against Miz. When Miz is on his A-game, he is phenomenal. He really is. But Miz, you know, I we kind of kept up to date on him, on Dancing with the Stars, and he got to about halfway through before he was eliminated. So, you know, I think there's still a little bit of ring rust in there. Um I like that they have Maurice in the picture and I like that Beth is in the picture. Um this was kind of where I thought ultimately the feud would go would be a mixed tag match. Honestly, I thought it was going to go all the way to WrestleMania, but it doesn't look like it is now unless they decide to do my one crazy idea that I mentioned to a couple of people um, recently, which would be an eight-person mixed tag match where their kids would also be involved in the match. But it's Vince. Don't throw it out, folks. It could happen.
1: Nothing against that. I just, for me, I feel like Edge and The Miz for Mania would not be big enough for Edge. Edge is one of the, the guys that you have on your roster right now that um he came back from injury a couple different times he's still protected in the eyes of the fans he they is. don't have a lot of young guys they're consistent enough with to put over Miz is mrs Miz is teflon because he has a good character and he can talk so he's not ever going to be like not considered anything special but i feel like edge is one of those guys who can really benefit putting over a young guy that you really want to push consistently going forward they don't do enough of that but when i think of edge right now Um, you could go one of two ways for Mania, in my opinion. You could either go Edge with like an AJ Styles, who that would just tear the house down and steal the show and be a dream match we've all wanted to see since like 2006, or you could go the other direction and go Edge versus Austin Theory, who's really got every tool in the toolbook to be a major player if they decide to protect him.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think this is going to be the end of the feud here. I, I can't if it goes to Elimination Chamber, that might be like where it ultimately ends. But I'm going to say Edge and Beth win this match. I'm going to agree with you on that one. So...
1: Yeah, I, I just don't see any point to giving this one to Miz and Maurice unless they're going to extend the feud, and I don't think it should go any further than the the uh, the chamber because to me it's not a mania match. So I think you might as well give it to the faces, give uh, give Beth her her uh, big return win, and let Edge go on to something where he can benefit the roster.
2: Yeah. All right, now to the first of three championship matches, the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defending against Dewdrop, and I'll, t- I'll take this one to start. Um, this, this could actually be a pretty interesting match. Dewdrop is a very good worker. She's good in the ring. Um, she's young, you know, and, and I'm sure people are going to say, Oh, you know, the size and all that. She's good for this, for her size. You know, she can move. And Becky is a veteran. She, you know, she's been doing this for a long time. Um, I could kind of see Becky maybe being the face in this situation, although I think Dewdrop might be a better face j- just for this match. But this is kind of the one, and this is one of the things that the Royal Rumble is kind of guilty of in recent years. Is You have that one match where you know, okay, this person's got no shot of winning. This is that match. Becky is winning this match. There's no way Dewdrop can win it. Becky's going to keep the title.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. This one feels like the biggest no-brainer of the entire show. Uh nothing against Dewdrop. Uh, like like you said, she's she's good for her size. I like her agility. Uh Piper's always been kind of an underrated uh physical specimen. Yeah. I, I like Piper a lot. Um good for her to get this push i don't like the whole Dewdrop name persona the whole like the brief little on again off again thing with eva marie before she was future endeavored this i don't know piper's push has been very inconsistent and she's not put in a position to win this belt and if she would it would be a huge mistake because becky lynch is one of the big draws in the entire company, and uh, she's going to wind up getting something big at Mania. So uh, it's it's not going to be Do Drop here. I don't even think dewdrop based on the way she's been pushed, and that's not her fault. But I don't think Do Drop should have been given this match. I don't think I don't think it's even plausible for her to win it. I would have said if anything, a Naomi or a Liv Morgan might have been better served for this spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think Becky wins this and moves on to something bigger at
2: Mania. All right, now, uh, next match Universal Championship Roman Reigns defends against Seth Rollins. The Usos barred from ringside, and I'll let you take this one. Yeah, um,
1: it's always good to see uh, the Shield brethren in there together. Uh, they have good chemistry, they're good friends. Obviously, Seth mentioned uh, Mr. Mox on Friday, uh, from what I heard. Um, I, uh, Seth Rollins, they, they've been kind of inconsistent with him. He's one of the few full-time guys that's protected, uh, not to the level of, of Roman, obviously. Roman's their number one guy, and they have like two or three other guys who they protect enough to be upper-tier guys. So this is the right spot for Seth to challenge in this match. Uh, but I also think this one's a no-brainer. Uh, They built this one on the fact that Rollins always beats Reigns, which has been a good thing in the past, but right now Reigns is at a position where he should be Teflon. Uh, I don't think Reigns should lose until Mania, and honestly even beyond that, in my opinion. I think Reigns needs to hold this belt for Kingdom Come until finally someone comes along that needs to win this belt. Rollins has already been a champion several times, and Rollins has got a character right now that's pretty solid, so it doesn't make sense for me to switch this belt. So I think this is going to be probably the best singles match on the entire card, um, at least the one with the most substance, and I think it makes no sense to put it on Rollins, so I think Reigns wins and moves on to Mania.
2: Um, You know, I was watching a video on YouTube last night of a couple of guys making their picks for the Royal Rumble event, and one of the things that somebody brought up was the match that they had Back at Money in the Bank in 2016 and how good it was. And I had to think for a minute and I was like, yeah, that actually was a good match. Think how much both these guys have improved in six years, especially Roman Reigns. This could be the best match of the show. Could be. I agree with you. Roman is going to win this match. There's going to be some... Way to win. Um, I mean, Seth, he's kind of like on and off for me as of late as far as like liking him, not liking him. But when he gets into these big match situations like this one, he normally delivers. And Roman Reigns has been on the best run of his entire career. And he's going to face a guy that he is comfortable with, knows very well. Should be a tremendous match. Roman will retain the title. Yeah,
1: uh, one of Seth Rollins' biggest strengths is his bumping ability. Rollins has always been a great bumper. And mm-hmm. when he's in there with strong power guys that can toss him around, especially guys he's going to want to sell for uh, it's, it's really going to shine. So I think Roman's power game against Rollins, bumping ability and speed makes for a very nice, nice match. And uh, I think this one is going to steal the show. People like to compare Rollins to Sean Michaels a lot. Uh, I think Michaels is a lot better overall in the ring, but Rollins, does. Yeah. Uh, he's got in common, like you said, the big match situations, he always comes to deliver. So this is going to be good.
2: I mean, I wouldn't compare, honestly, real quick, I wouldn't compare Rollins to Michaels, but I, I I guess he's kind of his own person, you know? So, he's kind of like the first Seth Rollins, so.
1: Yeah, we, we, which uh, we
2: need more of those. Like, they need
1: to stop relying on the legends all the time to try and pop mm-hmm. a rating and actually start to galvanize some of the guys they have, and Rollins is one of those guys.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, um I, I made a mistake. This is not a pay-per-view. This is a premium live event or a premiere live event, whatever the hell they're calling it. Like they did at day one. Oh
1: god. But the terminology but like I, is ridiculous.
2: But like I said here a few weeks ago, we will still call these pay-per-views. So don't worry, folks. All right. Next match WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley. I'll take this one to start. This is a match that's been years in the making. This has been something that I, I've i heard many times Bobby Lashley has wanted. I, I think it was in his contract when he came back. Like, I want to have a match with Brock Lesnar.
0: And... That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Bobby Lashley over the last year and a half has won me over tremendously. I think part of that is because of who he's associated with with MVP another part of me is I think Bobby has gotten more comfortable in these big match situations going back to that where if you watch him from say like when he was first there in 2006 he was kind, he was still kind of uncomfortable and then he started to get it going in 07 and then he left and then you know who knows what would have happened at, you know if he had stayed But I think he's kind of in the best run of his career right now as well. And with Lesnar, the only reason Lesnar is WWE Champion is because Roman got COVID. That's the only reason. Brock would not be in this position, honestly, if Roman had not had COVID. With that said, this is a dream match for a lot of people. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes with them one-on-one. I don't expect this match to be long. I, If I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 10 minutes is as long as it goes. And I have a theory, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Bobby Lashley will beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE title
1: yeah that is uh that is a first bold prediction on the show and uh man i i couldn't agree more um i'm going to disagree on the match length i'm going to say it goes probably six minutes i'm going to say it goes shorter um i feel like this is going to be one of those kind of how they did with goldberg and kind of how they usually do with brock it's going to be one of those big sprints where they come out the gate and hit their finishers and all press l1 on smackdown and they all hit their hit their quick video game moves and uh Someone's going to go through a barricade or so. Someone's going to get speared through a barricade and hit about three other finishers. And uh, I, I'm i going to agree with you. Uh, I, I thought I was going to have the hot take, but your, your, your take is, uh, I think, correct here. Um, I think that what it is about Lashley, uh, the seasoning obviously is a big part of it. When, when he was around uh, in first ECW and then SmackDown in 05, 06, whatever those years were, uh lashley was they weren't fully behind him yet he was the guy but he wasn't the guy and uh he was a white meat face and uh, he's not really the best talker on the mic so he had a bland face character he was newer and he was talking too much when he shouldn't have been and now when you look at uh first tna and, and and then later on um what he's doing now he's more seasoned he's uh probably in better shape endurance wise and he's, he's a heel, and he has a manager that can talk for him. So now he's more comfortable. He's the guy on his brand. He's uh, being given a good mouthpiece where he can look intimidating and the guy can talk for him. And he's just got the confidence that the company's behind him. Um, I, I thought they initially had ended Drew McIntyre's championship run too early. I would have kept it on McIntyre longer. And then once Lashley uh, won the belt, uh, Mania last year was it or one mm-hmm. of the shows? Uh, Lashley I thought uh, was was made to lose the belt too early. I wouldn't have switched the belt then because Lashley hit his groove. So I think this is their way of kind of righting the wrong because, like you said, Lesnar wasn't supposed to be champion. That that was a make good for for Lesnar get, or for uh, Reigns getting sick. So they wanted to put something big on the show to to pop the crowd, and uh, that wasn't really Lesnar's time. And I don't think they have any. Um, designs on trying to unify the belts because right. if, if Lesnar wins here and we predicted Reigns is going to win his match, they're going to have to either get the belt off Lesnar in Saudi Arabia or they're going to have to unify these belts because it wouldn't make sense to defend one and not the other. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they want to do that. In my opinion, they should. I would, if I was booking this, I would have Lesnar retain. And I would unify the belts because I think less belts, less belts mean more, and it also gives your other belts more, uh, more of an attraction value, like we said earlier with the IC belt. So I would unify these belts. They will not do that. So in my opinion, uh, Lashley gets the big win here. I hope in convincing fashion. I hope it's not a Paul Heyman screw job or or an USO screw job because they weren't said they could. They had to stay in the back for this match. They can not do this match. So um, I would not do that. I would let Lashley get the big push here because Lesnar is obviously getting a big match in Mania anyway, and Lashley can use this win. So I would use this to elevate Lashley and not do a screw job here.
2: And you know, to kind of support your booking idea of unifying the titles, this would have been the WrestleMania to do it because the stadium alone hold can hold up to 100,000 people that idea alone could get you a hundred thousand people into that stadium.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest male match you could possibly book since the rock is not going to be on the show. I mean, it's, that's the biggest opponent for the for reigns. And then you could have, you could also do the same thing with your ladies because they have a lot of ladies belts right now and they're not putting a lot of focus on. You could have a Charlotte versus Becky, or if you're bringing Bailey back or Ronda Rousey, whatever, we'll discuss that in the rumble, but you could have your unification ladies match main eventing one night of mania and your unification men's match main eventing the other night. And then all of a sudden you, you sold out two shows and put the spotlight on both of your biggest belts.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would do. See that that's the beauty with this show folks. We have some smart people here who, if we had the book, we could give you a better WrestleMania, but well, we don't know what WrestleMania will be like yet. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Now, to the two Rumble matches. Which one do you want to do first? You want to do the men or the women? I think the women women is is harder to predict than the men, so let's do the men first. Okay. So before we dive deep into this match, uh, here are, as of this recording, the participants announced for the Royal Rumble. Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Otis, Chad Gable, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Kevin Owens, Big E, AJ Styles, Damian Priest, Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, Sheamus, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, and Austin Theory. Yes, and of the names announced, you got
1: to think Knoxville's going to win it. <laughs> hey, I, I've always said the guy writing these shows is the jackass. So.
2: Oh, good one.
1: No, so I think the best thing we should probably do, since there are probably going to be surprises, there always are in these things, right? I think yeah. we should probably predict uh, one person that's the most likely to win out of the announced names, and then one person that could be a surprise winner. Okay, So uh, I guess I will take this one first since I'm already rambling. And uh, I will say that of the announced names, I don't think there's a clear winner in that bunch. Oh, God, Um, no. Oh, my
2: God, no. Yeah, I mean,
1: once again, in terms of future possibilities, the two guys that I see being big stars in this company, if they get their heads out of their asses and try to focus on pushing guys, would be Damian Priest and Austin Theory. Those two guys have all the tools to be huge stars, But right now, the way they're aligned in this company, it wouldn't fit. So um, the only person of the announced names that has kind of – that makes sense logically in a booking sense would be Big E because he unfairly kind of lost the belt.
2: You know, I'm actually on the same boat with you. I think of the people announced, Big E would be my pick from that group because of really what you said, you know – he lost the WWE title because one guy got sick, and not not blaming anyone, you know, life happens. That That's just how it is. Um, another person I'd throw into that mix, honestly, would be Kevin Owens. I think the last few weeks, few months, he's been getting, you know, a lot of airtime, a lot of push, um... It wouldn't surprise me if KO is near the end of the match. um. But Big E, I think, would be my top choice of the people announced and would deserve another... Because I thought... And he said this in an interview once. He, he thought he did not do a good job as WWE Champion. He admitted it. And... He said if he got another opportunity as the champion, he would work even harder. And I believe in that because I believe Big E. He's a hardworking guy. You know, he's gone through so much since he's been there. And he got rewarded finally with the WWE title in one of the best feel-good moments of the year. And he's had it. He's had the taste of it. He wants to have it again. And I don't think he should be punished for what he felt was him not doing a good job. So I, I would definitely be behind with Big E on this one. Well, here's here's part of the problem for me is that it's it's nothing against Big E. He's
1: he seems, for all accounts, to be one of the most personable, likable guys there in the entire company. He seems to be the hard, one of the hardest, hardest working guys in the entire company. Mm-hmm. I, I love every all of his interviews and how down to earth he seems. He just seems like a genuine good guy. And I'm so glad he got his moment. But I think the company failed Big E in that, like, yeah. maybe he didn't do a great job, but that wasn't necessarily his fault because right.
2: it wasn't entirely.
1: Number one, he was given the belt kind of out of nowhere, where he, he never really was pushed as a serious singles competitor. Up until that point, he was either a tag team wrestler or he was doing pancakes and cereal and booties and all the other stuff. So it's hard to put the belt on that guy after so long of being a tag team to mid card wrestler and making the audience believe it overnight. And then once he was given the belt, it was kind of that like early CM Punk run where it's like you're the champion, but you're not really the champion. You're not going to really main event or be the guy because Reigns has the more important title. So it like he, he was given the belt out of nowhere after years of kind of middle card stuff. And then when he had the belt, he wasn't presented like he was the guy. So you can't really can't blame Big E. Maybe he didn't do his best job, but he wasn't really put in a spot to do his best job.
2: Yeah, that is true.
1: In my opinion. And then some of the things that I think are important for a good rumble before I get to my mystery man pick, I think um, having your first two competitors kind of come out and kind of go the distance and kind of be your, your iron Men really can make some stars in this match, as we've seen in the past with Shawn Michaels and Kurt Hennig and stuff like that. Uh, The two guys that I would give those first two spots to would be uh, Austin Theory and my buddy Chad Gable. Chad Gable's such a talented guy. He really is. Chad Gable, honestly, if this company was protecting and pushing people week to week, Chad Gable could be your Kurt Angle, man. Just from the way he picked up uh, turning the the collegiate wrestling into, into the pro wrestling and the way he bumps and and, and his, his like off-kilter personality and the promos and the energy he has, he's such a talented guy. I think if you start out one and two with Gable and Theory and have those guys be kind of your two Ironmen that are there in your final final 10 final six that could really make those two guys stars bumping all over the ring. And I think the other big spot that you do in the rumble is your eliminator high guy where he gets the most eliminations and kind of throws guys out like Kane did before. And diesel did before in the past, that spot goes to, I mean, they probably would give it to Omos because he's a giant, but he's not, he doesn't have all the tools right now in a seasoning. In my opinion, I would give Damian priest that spot. So I think if you come away from this rumble kind of having, Having Gable and having Theory kind of start one and two and be there in your final six, seven guys and giving Damian Priest like 10 eliminations, you can make three big stars coming out of this rumble and setting up big spots for Mania. I don't know if they'll do it, but those are my pitches for those guys. Uh, any, any, any thoughts on who should be kind of the, the longest running guy or the most eliminations here?
2: I like the idea of Gable and or Theory being the war- like the Iron Man of this match. I think Gable can definitely do it. He has the endurance. He has the ability to do it. He he comes from an amateur wrestling background. He was in the Olympics. Um and I think maybe WWE's finally starting to see his true potential. Um that's a real good pick. Austin, I, I was kind of thinking of that when you started to ask like Who would you put in this position? This would be such a great test for Austin Theory. He's in his... I think he's like 24, 25 years old. And this is a big match. This yearly is one of the biggest matches of the year. And like you said, the Royal Rumble can make stars. And what a great opportunity this would be for somebody like Theory. As far as your eliminator, I was kind of thinking of Omos. Nothing. I, I like Priest, but Omos needs to have that, you know, like the I eliminate eight, nine, ten guys in a row, and to make him more of a believable monster. So, but like you said, he's not as experienced. So it'll remain interesting to see where they go with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the last couple of years, I felt like they really haven't—they haven't put the focus on those kind of things. But like those things in the Rumble, like same thing goes with like eliminations. Like, say for example, if you're going to set up, say you wanted to do uh, Edge versus Theory in Mania, have have Theory be the one to take Edge out of the Rumble, then all of a sudden he's got a big elimination, he's made his name, and now he's got his Mania match. Like like mm-hmm. simple things like that, little transitions, guys entering that are interrupting guys that are dominating stuff like that can really make set up your mania card and kind of make your young guys feel more important, which they really need right now. So I hope yeah. they go through with those things. Yeah. Um, as far as my mystery pick, uh, I think, I think this one feels kind of obvious. I mean, it feels to me too obvious that since we predicted Brock Lesnar loses earlier in the night, and he's obviously going to be the one to face Reigns and mania unless they're crazy. Uh, it seems like Brock Lesnar is going to pull a, uh, what Becky Lynch did a year or two ago, and come out and uh, beat up Sami Zayn or beat up somebody <laughs> and take their spot in the in the Rumble and uh, win the Rumble itself.
2: Maybe he'll beat up Knoxville.
1: You know, that's that's you know, happen. if I'm Johnny Knoxville, I do not want to risk my life by Brock tossing me around because Brock doesn't <laughs> give a shit, man. Brock doesn't that's care about right. me. So I, I wouldn't take that risk. I, I think Sami Zayn, because he's kind of been Brock's buddy, and Sami Zayn's kind of he does the goofy stuff well enough that he can kind of pull off the like being, oh Brock's my buddy, he's gonna let me live, and then Brock just tosses him over the top rope on his head.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I got Brock. Um I actually have Brock winning this um to set up Reigns and Lesnar for WrestleMania, but Yep. I I because here's the thing. Let's say Like you said earlier, let's say Reigns and Lesnar both win. Who do you have as a mystery participant to come and win? Because, you know, when when we went through the names, there's like maybe three people, and that's a big question mark, that have a legit shot to win it.
1: You know, the only way I could really be interested in the Rumble if if they don't wind up doing something like a Lesnar would be if poor Triple H comes out with a sledgehammer and just bludgeons everyone because they killed NXT.
2: You know, like, you
1: know, he's, you know he's internally just wants to get out there and take his aggression
2: out on everyone. <laughs> and, and he'll take it out on everyone that wasn't in NXT. So he'll right. go after Orton. He'll go after Ziggler. He'll go after Styles. He'll go after um Seamus, uh Dominic Mysterio, Ray Mysterio.
1: <laughs> you know, we've we forgotten the obvious winner here. There's been a lot of rumors that we, we didn't bring up earlier that Marco Stone's contract in AEW is out.
2: Yeah, that that is true. And and now I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna ask about, you know, the forbidden door. Because there have been names that have popped up the last few weeks. Uh, I've heard Cody I've heard Jericho uh someone thought maybe Okada from New Japan could be coming to the rumble Marco stun wouldn't be a bad choice that would be a great breakout performance for somebody like him um I don't know this is actually maybe what kind of makes this one interesting is the thought of they're Could be somebody that's not in WWE or NXT that comes in.
1: I I don't see any chance of that happening. Um and NXT I I could see somebody coming in lasting a while. Um I could see a Braun Breaker or someone like that coming in the Rumble. He could he could do pretty well. He probably he'll probably be the one actually if it's not Omas that comes out and dominates and takes a bunch of guys out before he gets taken out himself. Uh, I could see Braun Breaker acquitting himself well in this. Um, I don't. I. I don't see any chance of anybody from AEW being involved oh, in this. Me either. I. I know it's like a fun little thing to think about, you know, Forbidden Door and all this, but no. Honestly, I think the only Forbidden Door that was opened uh, from WWE was just realizing they didn't have enough ladies for the Ladies' Rumble, so they they called Mickie James and the Iconics. told them to go F yourself. uh, Yeah, they did. Which is funny because they they, they,
2: Bravo girls. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm surprised that Mickey even took this spot, but it's just like, I think they just realized they only had like 10 ladies under contract because they're cutting everyone and they were like, hey, somebody call impact. So I don't think the forbidden door is open at all. I think this was a one-time deal. I don't think anybody in AEW shows up. Um, Honestly, at this point, I think Brock is such an obvious choice, even though he's not announced. They think they're clever by doing this brock loses earlier and then comes out later um i would rather see a surprise i would rather see somebody win it that we don't expect to win it but i don't know who that would be at this
2: point because
1: there's no one set up for that and a lot of the choices wouldn't make any sense
2: yeah now you know what real quick you mentioned you know impact uh with mickey james what if moose shows up there is that possibility I I don't see it happening, but I'm a
1: huge Moose fan. I I think Moose is doing kind of what Lashley did a couple years ago when Lashley broke out as the big heel on top Mm -hmm. of Impact. I think Moose is doing really good work. I thought he had a nice base for his agile, um, like his size, meeting his agility in Ring of Honor. And then he's turned that into a pretty good character in Impact. I like what he's doing. I like him a lot. Uh, I like what W. Morrissey's doing right now in Impact. I think that the former... um, What's his name? Big Cass. I think he's doing some nice work. Um, you know, of all the guys that are bouncing around, the one that would make the most sense for someone to show up out of nowhere would be a Zach Ryder because Cardona is everywhere right
2: now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Cardona really is doing... Is
1: killer heel work right now he's doing great stuff but i can't see him going back after all he said about the company and how how much he's enjoying himself right now i can't see him going back so i don't think it's gonna happen but i don't see any other impact workers coming in because i don't think they feel the need to bring anybody into the men's rumble because they have enough bodies there so it's it's a nice thought but again anything deviating from this the uh, the obvious like a biggie or an owens or a lesnar would be nice for me
2: yeah now before we get to the women's rumble I do want to bring up a couple of stats for the men's Rumble. And and I will for the women in a little bit. Because for the, I, I, I'm a numbers guy. I, I love numbers. So the average position of the winner of the men's Royal Rumble match is number 20. Which, surprisingly, has never won the Royal Rumble. But basically, if you get kind of towards not quite the tail end of the last 10, but a little past the middle, you might have a good shot. Um, Edge and Randy Orton with their performance last year now are both tied for ninth in the longevity record for one Royal Rumble match. They both went 58 minutes, 30 seconds, although Edge did the majority of that 58, 30 seconds. Randy was there for, like, maybe 10 of it. Um, (laughs) uh, Kane, still the record holder for total eliminations. Uh, Braun Strowman went up to number 5 on the list, and there is... Orton is the only one that I'm looking at who could make a move in the top 10, because he's currently tied for ninth with Hulk Hogan at 27 eliminations. So... Um, but we'll have to see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, in this rumble. So one of the things we do, we do at our our party for the rumble is we uh we we put the thirty numbers in a hat, and each one of us picks out two numbers out of the hat and put we put a few bucks in, and whoever gets the correct number of the rumble wins that money for the for the pool. So that's a fun thing to do. Um, if you're doing it this year, I think you kind of want to get a lower number because if Brock Lesnar does come out, you know that he's going to win. And if he does come out, you know, it's going to be like 27 or later. He's not going to come mm. out early and stay the entire time. So yeah. I think you're looking at like 26, 27 through 30, somewhere in there.
2: Yeah. Okay. Now to the much talked about women's Royal Rumble match. Um, Again, as of this recording, here are the current participants listed for the Rumble. Bianca Belair. Liv Morgan, Charlotte Flair, Naomi, Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Lita, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Dana Brooke, Natalia, Mickey James, Tamina, Shayna Baszler, Summer Rae, Aaliyah, and Shotzi. So, I'll, I'll start this one. Um... The two big storylines going into this, one from WWE's perspective is the SmackDown Women's Champion is in the Royal Rumble match. That's the WWE, you know, from that point of view, that's the big storyline. They have not done that yet. No Women's Champion has ever been in the Rumble match. Charlotte is going to be the first one to do it. Outside of WWE, the big story is Mickey James. Uh, especially the way she was released and what happened with her um, gear and the trash bag incident. Kind of surprised that she came back, although I do have a feeling why they're doing this. I think they're gonna put her in the Hall of Fame this year. Um I I remember Up until maybe four or five weeks ago, this was going to be Sasha Banks winning, the Rumble. Once she got injured and they said she's out six to eight weeks, they just opened the door and it's anybody's guess, which I kind of like. And the difference, I think, between the women and the men is here of the people listed there are more people believable that can win from, from the group that's listed than the men.
1: Yes, yeah, th- th- this is definitely more open. Um, I, I agree with what you've said so far. Sasha, I think, was, was pegged to win this. I feel bad for Sasha. Sasha continues to get a big spot and then gets hurt before she can f- like foresee that spot finishing. So I, I feel bad because this is probably the second or third time that she's been... Primed for a title match, or primed for a, for a big spot that she's gotten hurt before she could see through. So I feel bad for her.
2: Okay, so looking at this, uh, at, at at the at the list right now, the one that I'm gonna pick to win from the list is Bianca Belair, and I and I pick her because she amazingly after the terrible way they booked her losing the title at SummerSlam still has this momentum going for her the fans are still behind her they still have the support she's giving these good promos she's having these good matches she's still got this momentum riding from last year's Royal Rumble which in this day and age is amazing because you know, once you win it, and then if you win the title, and then once you lose it, the momentum kind of dies down. But for Bianca, it hasn't happened yet. So, that's why I think Bianca, from this list, is going to win. And she would be the first woman to ever win the Rumble twice, if she does it.
1: Yeah, um, I, I agree with what you said completely. Uh, she is also my pick of the listed names. I, I think she's deserving of it. I mean, she has got probably the most complete. I mean, there's there's better talkers than her. There's there's a few kind of slightly more over ladies than her, but I think as a total package, looking at her strength, her bumping ability, her athleticism, her promo ability, everything together, she's got the most to offer of any lady right now in the entire company. Um, I think she was royally screwed over and I understand what they wanted to do with Becky. I get the fact that they wanted to give Becky heel heat by, by beating somebody who was hot, but Bianca was on fire coming in last year to the rumble. She won the, the, the final three last year was great because any of those three could have won. It was, it was mm-hmm. booked very well. I, I don't say booked very well in WWE too often. So I want to give them credit because they booked that tremendously. And Bianca won, and she was red hot, and she had the good match at Mania, and she had the good run started, and then they just cut her her off and just buried her with with the way Becky beat her. And like you said, somehow, she still stayed over, and and that takes a lot to do with her and, and her dedication. And some of those spots with the stuff with Dewdrop on her shoulders, and my God, she's just so talented. So I'm definitely gonna give her the win of the listed names, and probably the most likely overall, in my opinion, to win. But uh, there are two names that I want to call attention to that are, des- are deserving to win, who I think have been unfairly buried for the last year or two. I mean, I'll, I'll say, especially the last year. Um, The two two ladies who have pedigree, who are serious, who are intense in the ring, who have great characters, great looks. They have a different style in the ring that have been just marred down by like comedy stuff and women's tag team stuff are Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley. I love those two ladies a lot. I think Ripley was just as hot as Bianca coming out last year. She near stole the show with a match with Charlotte and then had the belt taken unfairly off of her, really for no reason, and has gotten kind of put behind the Nikki A.S.H. like this tag team thing. And then you had Shayna Baszler, who was just like unbeatable in NXT and came hot. And started pretty well on raw and then all of a sudden she got put in a tag team with was it Nia Jax yeah, just it was like, Nia. I have no idea why they did that when when you've got this mixed martial arts badass who could fill the role of Ronda Rousey more on that later but she she comes out and can fill this role and she's got This different style that's so unique to the division can match up with anybody. And they just weren't pushing these two. They were stuck in this half comedy, half tag team stuff. And I have no idea why, because in my opinion, those two are absolute beasts. So if you're not going to give it to Bianca of the ones that are listed here, those two deserve a second chance to really get a run because they were robbed, in my opinion.
2: Now, I want to throw out here a scenario that could happen. And, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. And it could be interesting if done right. Let's say Charlotte Flair wins the Rumble. I don't think she will. But let's, let's say she does. Mm-hmm. She's the current SmackDown Women's Champion. She could pick who challenges her for the title at WrestleMania. Because, again, like you said a few minutes ago they're not going to unify the women's titles no no way mm-hmm. they could have a story where charlotte picks the number 1 contender for the title and they could do something where she could either pick an individual who she feels is so weak like she's like there's no way this person's going to beat me and yet that person wins or she could pick, like, let's say Sasha returns, and she's like, you're easy pickings. You're injury prone. You get hurt too often. I'm giving you the shot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Absolutely. there's that possibility. Absolutely. I mean, I mean she, could she could pick Lash Legend. Lash Legend. She, she could pick Lash LaRue. Lash LaRue. She could pick... <laughs> Backlash. She could pick <laughs> Billy eyelash. eyelash. She could pick anybody she wants to. But She could pick Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund, anybody, but uh, Santina Morella. Um, But, no, the thing is, so if I were to do that, like, obviously she's not going to win, but she will be in the final four or so. They're going to make you think there's a possibility of it so she can make history because they love making history with Charlotte. So she will be in the final four. If you're going to do something like that, I've got an angle. Since you were talking about it, I just thought of an angle off the top of my head. See, this stuff isn't too hard. Um, I would... If Charlotte was going to win, she could say, "You know what? I don't think anybody on the current roster is good enough for me. I'm the queen. I'm I'm better than all of you. So I'm going to pick somebody who's my friend who deserves this spot because she's injured, Bailey." She can say, "I'm going to pick Bailey because Bailey can't wrestle me at WrestleMania, but she deserves to stand in the ring and take the count-out loss, and I'll give my friend the spot because she was my my cohort before this." Bailey winds up being healthy. So, all of a sudden, Charlotte now has her friend turned enemy who she picked because she thought she would give the spot to stand next to who wasn't healthy enough to beat her. And now Bailey's healthy. So, you get Bailey against Charlotte at Mania. So, if you're going to do it that way, not a bad idea.
2: And I want to add on to that. You could also put in where she could say, Bailey never got that other match with Bianca. Because mm-hmm. before she got injured, they were going to do like an I quit match. And that's when Bailey got hurt. So she could put in, my friend never got her rematch. So there's a lot here. But for once, the women's rumble, I feel, has more opportunities than the men do here. Right, And that's the thing is, is this like
1: le- leading into the whole the whole conundrum of like picking people that are not currently announced There's there's a lot of people and that's the thing like we know for a fact already Mickey James is in the rumble from impact We know mm-hmm. that they put offers out to the iconics and they didn't accept Right. We know there's gonna be some legends like Lita in there So there's an unlimited reservoir of talent from previous legends to people that are in impact that could be in this Rumble. It could could, could be really anybody. I mean, for God's sakes, Deanna Perazzo was once on the roster. So like, Mm -hmm. they could take anybody in this case because they don't have enough people if they're just going by main roster to fill things out. So it could really go in a million directions. I'll let you go first with who you think could be the possibilities for the mysteries, but I do like that it goes in a million directions.
2: And you know what? I'm going to jump on the Deanna Perrazzo thing Because there's a story with Mickey and Deanna. How great is that for Impact? You could have a story continue in WWE, come to Impact. Oh my God, what a world we live in.
1: Yeah, I mean, Um, I'm sure that Vince doesn't care about that, but by the same token, Deanna Perazzo is so talented and she's got the built-in, like... Uh, was never given a fair chance in NXT yep. and never called up, so she's got a reason to be there if she they want her to go.
2: Yep. Um, okay. As far as the mystery people, I would not be surprised if Trish is there. Um, I think Bailey could be there. Um. I'm there. I. I know Ronda's been mentioned, and you're going to talk about her, so I'll say she might be there, but. There is one that we've seen on TV the last few weeks and she hasn't wrestled in a while and this person would be my pick for the mystery people side and that's Alexa Bliss. And what would be fitting is if it comes down to her and Charlotte she eliminates Charlotte to win. And that could that could do one of two things. It could either be her getting her revenge on Charlotte for what she did to Lily, or she could ride that all the way to WrestleMania to challenge Charlotte. And instead of being the, you know, eater of worlds, Alexa Bliss, Alexa Playhouse, whatever it is, she could be the goddess and you can't beat the goddess what a match that would be
1: yeah I mean uh, Alexa is definitely somebody I've thought about because they've been doing the the vignettes with her uh, which which leads me into into a brief segue about um, all the rumors that we didn't think about that I've heard about with the potential of Bray Wyatt going back because we know they've asked Mm -hmm. certain people to go back. And for the love of God, I'm going to say this, like, of course we all want to see Bray doing well and making the most money possible. Please don't go back Bray. I mean, I like if there's any, if there's one person that I I know AEW is full, but I want AEW to sign it's Bray Wyatt, man. That dude is one of the most intelligent, creative, unique people in the history of the wrestling business. And Bray Wyatt should be this generation's taker. And they have—they mm-hmm. have robbed him more than any single talent has been robbed of opportunity and squashed twice. First as the cult leader, and then as as the. Uh, the Fiend. the fiend, Man, Bray Wyatt is too good for that company and I hope he doesn't go back. I would love to see him, but I don't watch that company enough and I've, I've seen what they've done to him in the past. I hope he finishes the movie that he's doing with uh, Pittsburgh native Jason Baker right now and as soon as he gets done, he goes to AEW even though they're pretty full. I think he could do some special things there. I don't want to see him go back. Back to the uh, current topic at hand. Um, Alexa Bliss is a very good choice. Uh, she's She's talented Hit and and I feel bad because she got a lot of heat for quote unquote stealing Bray's gimmick when that wasn't her fault, that was the exactly that was the company, and she got crapped on for for, uh, doing what she's told. Um, very hard working, intelligent young lady. I like Alexa a lot. Uh, I don't think she'll win it, but I do think she will come out in this rumble and probably be at least have a showdown with Charlotte and possibly be the reason Charlotte does not win uh, this rumble. I, I think. There's a lot of different ways this can go. Somebody I thought about that I don't think will win, but there's a built-in storyline for is Asuka. I don't know if Asuka's healthy right now. That's right. But Asuka's been out for a while, and and I think she could be fairly healthy soon. And she had the very good Mania match a few years ago with Charlotte when Charlotte was the first one to ever beat her and take the title. So there's a built-in story there, and Asuka's been underused for a long time. So Asuka would be a nice choice. Alexa, obviously, she had the stuff with Charlotte in the past, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Bailey, like we said, who's my pick for the uh, big surprise uh, to show up. I think if she winds up being in this, I think she will. And if she does, I think she'll win it. Um, so she's my pick for the um, kind of un uh kind of uncelebrated unknown factor here um i don't i don't think ronda rousey will return she's been much ballyhooed lately about possibly coming in she obviously is the biggest potential star and biggest money maker if she were to come back but her her inflammatory comments about kind of the hardships of wrestling and how she was treated by the fans and all this stuff uh, i don't see her going back uh, that being said, if she did, there's money on the table there with her and Becky Lynch. Uh, that's still an unfinished storyline. So yeah. as a fan, kind of the most exciting possibility for me would be Ronda and Becky. Um, even just to see Ronda and um, Shayna Baszler squaring off and kind of starting off something fresh there uh, would be nice. But I'm going to pick Bailey and hope that we get all these surprises so that we have no idea who's going to win by the end. Yeah.
2: Um. Okay, we'll do the Iron Women here of this one. Um, There were just only two that kind of popped into my head right away. Um, Naomi, obviously, she's so trusted by the company. She could... If they could, they probably would let her do a 60-minute Iron Woman match, and she could do the full 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. I really think she could. The other one, I could see Natalya doing it. I I know... You know, lately she's had the 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 world record of the quickest loss ever in a match, but she's someone that is so dependable, so reliable, that I could see Natalia being one that could be like their Iron Woman for the match.
1: Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna truncate my uh, most eliminations and and longest uh, survivor in this. Uh, the way that I would do this personally, if I was booking, once again, putting the Booker hat on, um, that for me would be Rhea Ripley. Um, I I think that having a Rhea or or a Shayna Baszler uh, do the most eliminations and kind of just take everyone out and kind of be the um, hard-nosed, mixed martial arts style killer uh, would really do a lot for them. I think that um, putting either one of those, in the uh, just starting to take half the half the rumble out and kind of taking out a lot of the legends would be really nice for them I wouldn't even mind for example because Lita's going to be in there and she's had a couple of promos about sticking around like one more run I think to do something like Rio Ripley against Lita like this generation's Lita against the next generation's Lita would be really cool um, I'm really down for a mania match between Lita and Ripley uh, so I would do that uh, I think what they're going to do, uh, most eliminations, they they will do um, Bianca Belair. That makes the most sense. She's just so strong and so athletic that she can, ha- she can pull stuff out of her butt like Cesaro does in these rumbles, and she can mm-hmm. just have really special eliminations. So I think she'll get the most. And I think the uh, Iron Woman that they're going to choose is going to be a make-good for kind of what they should have done before, and that's Liv Morgan. I think Liv Morgan is beloved. I think she's just well-liked back there. I think she's worked hard. Uh, her time is past now. I think they, missed, they dropped the ball on her and missed her opportunity a few months ago to give her the belt. So I think as a make-good to her, they'll let her be the Iron Woman She's not
2: going to win, but she'll last the longest. Yeah. Um, As far as the Eliminator, I'm trying to see who. If it was like five years ago, I'd say Tamina, but it's not going to be her. Um. You know what? I'm going to say Charlotte. I'm, I'm just going to be different on this one. She's just gonna be like, I'm gonna show my dominance, and I'm just gonna eliminate people left and right. So,
1: well, I think she, I think she can start running that train, and then all of a sudden, Nia Jax's hole comes out and kills everyone. <laughs> She's still looking for revenge in that match, too, huh?
2: That's true. Um. Okay. Uh. Stats with the women's Royal Rumble. The average position of the winner there's only been four, but the average position. Number 18, number 18, the average position for the winner of the women's rumble. Uh, Bianca Belair's performance in last year's rumble is now the mark for longevity for women 56 minutes, 52 seconds. That is the record. Um, Natalia was the previous holder there. And as far as total eliminations go, Shayna Baszler is the leader with 14 total eliminations in all the Royal Rumbles, Bianca Belair 13. So that, it is. That's quite a surprising really cool. stat. I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. that. Yeah. Um other people that are on that list that will probably get some movement, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Michelle McCool all could be uh seeing some possible eliminations coming their way. One final stat, this is kind of a fun little thing that I like to do, is which Royal Rumble has the most WWE Hall of Famers in it? And this is updated all the way to last year's class. And the 1989 Royal Rumble has the most Hall of Famers with 18 18 of the 30 are in the hall in the WWE Hall of Fame 90 91 and 92 are next with 17 and then this one's a bit of a surprise 2002 has 15 Hall of famers
1: wow yeah that's not even a stat that I thought about honestly yeah that, that, that's that that was a pretty solid rumble as well it's one of the best of all time
2: mm-hmm And there are only two Royal Rumbles that have no one currently in the Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame, I should say the 2018 men and the 2019 women.
1: Yeah. And now considering that they're like cutting everybody left and right now they have to bring back every Hall of Famer ever to have a Rumble.
2: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that, That's going to do it, but before we go, we have our plugs. Jason, why don't you go ahead and plug anything else that you'd like to plug.
1: Yes, yeah. As, as I said at the uh, the start of the show, I've got two films coming out. One is the world-renowned Shackles. It's touring the world right now. And the other is a film that I finished uh, right before COVID uh, called Grave Encounters, both of which are coming out at the Parkway Theater on Friday, March 11th at 7 p.m. So if y'all are in the Pittsburgh area or if you guys want to travel up for some uh, indie films, some some good time indie films, uh, please do so. Um, please follow along with my Twitter. That that's at Jay Burke, J-A-Y-B-U-R-K-E. I post uh, updates on there. Uh, my Amazon and Etsy pages under Jason Burke, J-A-S-O-N-B-U-R-K-E, have my my six books right now, uh, the three newest ones that are fairly newly released and my three originals. So I've got a mix of poetry, uh, photography storybooks, and uh, horror murder mysteries on there. So quite an eclectic group of things uh, I've also got several other films that I was part of uh, one is a web series or, or one is a, a short film called Hyreth coming out fairly soon uh, another is called Extinguished that I just worked on last weekend it's nearing a picture lock and my latest film called A Soul's Window is finishing up on uh, picture lock in the next week or so so check back for those uh, on my various pages and uh, please follow along on pophorror.com Uh, If you want any of my uh, horror film reviews and my YouTube channel right now, which I do uh, horror reviews, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler footage coverage. I do a bunch of poetry on there. I do uh, wrestling reviews on there. My YouTube channel is Styles Clash, like the AJ Styles finisher. Styles Clash number four life. So check me out on those platforms, and I look forward to hearing from you.
2: Very good. All right, uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, man at wrestling You can follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling Show 11. Follow us on Instagram, That Wrestling Show. That's all you got to type and you can follow us. And join the Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group, where we have over 500 members. And we talk about past and present wrestling. Uh, pretty, pretty good group, I'd say. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, podcasts that you guys should check out some friends of the podcast and others that you should check out. Starting with our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week in the jump segment, this one was kind of a no brainer. Hall and Nash from WWF to WCW. Plus, Week 3 of the Royal Flush of the Worst Royal Rumbles of All Time, and a review of WCW Saturday Night from June 28, 1997. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where they have a lost episode that they found, and let's just say the person that is in this is a master and a ruler of the world. Yes, it's an episode with Sid Vicious. Go check it out on Juice Pro Wrestling. And if you are a fan of Memphis wrestling, check out the Memphis Continental Wrestling cast with Luke Jennings, the only UK Memphis wrestling podcast. He watches Memphis wrestling each and every week, and he talks about what's going on. So check it out. It is the Memphis Continental Wrestling cast. If you are looking for non-wrestling related podcasts, check out the Best Pick Movie Pod with Tom, John, and Jess. Uh, This week, they watch and discuss American Psycho. Check that out on the Best Pick Movie Podcast. Also, check out the Castle Vault where it is no longer a deep dive of Disney animated films. It's a whole lot of stuff. This week, they discuss Spider-Man Far From Home. That's this week on the Castle Vault. Check out Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, where this week, they interview producer Craig Armstrong. He's going to give you his stories with his experience with Weird Al. That is on Dave and Ethan's. 2000 inch weird owl podcast also check out escape from vault Disney it's a special mini-sode where they talk about the state of the Disney parks also check out shark's pond a south park podcast where I watch and review each and every south park episode this week I review the season 14 episode in sheepshin try saying that one five times fast (laughs) that's this week On Shark's Pond. A South Park Podcast. And finally. Check out Eliminated. A Royal Rumble Podcast. With myself and Jim Star. We're going to attempt. That is the key word. Attempt. To do a watch along. Of the first. Of the two Royal Rumble matches. That are going to happen. This Saturday. We have no idea which one it is. That's kind of the beauty of it. So. Uh, we will do that, and then in a couple of weeks, we'll review the other one. So that's how it will go. All right, uh, next week, going to review the Royal Rumble, also going to cover some wrestling news and a whole lot more. So for Jason, I'm Bill. Hope everybody has a good, safe week. Uh, stay safe, stay warm wherever you are, and come back Next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters, and let's get ready to rumble.